Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. It's Joel and Andy today, and we're gonna be talking about nurturing your leads. Uh, nurturing your leads, yes, important, why is that? So. You're here to give them business, aren't you? Why do you need to nurture them? Yeah, all right, you're throwing me off, <laughs> off kilter here. I was gonna say, I think um, very often in business, people, obviously, obviously business owners are impatient. You know, you and I are impatient. Yep. I've got no issue with that. And, <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to get through this podcast, am I? Um, and the, the issue I have is that you spend a lot of money on marketing or you spend a lot of time networking or you come up with the world's best product ever and at that point you want people to buy it and that is just not how life works that you might have a thousand leads a thousand people who've heard of you and have shown enough interest to sign up to your newsletter or sign up to your funnel or revisit your website or read your blog or engage with your social media that doesn't mean you've got a thousand ready-made customers and it's a common fallacy of business that because you've got a thousand leads they all have to be amazing and actually they become good leads they don't start as good leads yeah and i think as business owners you invest a lot of energy and focus and obviously money into your brand you think it's awesome and there's almost sometimes surprise that well how, how come i've had a hundred people on my amazing website to read about my amazing product and only one of those hundred has bought. It's like one percent. Well, that's good. Well, that can't be right. Why haven't the other ninety-nine percent bought? It's like well, because maybe your website's shit. Maybe the layout's shit. Maybe your product or service that you're offering is shit. But you, you obviously are in love with it. But sometimes people don't see the benefits, the beauty of your product straight away, and they do need that nurturing a bit of reminding and then ah right i can see why this guy or why this girl i can see what they're on about now i get it and actually i'm i'm right to buy now i wasn't before but yeah. everything everything's come together and now yep i'm ready to buy now and that could be a month down the line yeah could be two so, months down the line could so, be what sorry just gonna say our, one of our new clients came on board with us two years two years he's been receiving our stuff yeah, and, and the example I was going to give is if you're a carpenter and joiner, at the point that somebody signs up to your bookcase monthly magazine or whatever it is that you put out as your lead magnet, the thing to hook people in. Harrison Ford was a carpenter. Yeah, that's enough reason to sign up on its own. Uh, <laughs> the most famous ex-carpenter since one J. Christ. You are full of it today. You should get ill more often. I think I read that in Empire magazine. You're too coffee. <laughs> Um, so he's trying to put coffee down on a glass table quietly now. Let's see how he does. Oh, maybe, maybe not, didn't even hear not it. Just not a squeak. Um, completely lost a trail of thought. So if you're a carpenter mm -hmm. and someone signs up to your carpenter weekly or carpenter monthly lead magnet, that at that point, hard sell. All you've done <laughs> at that point, all you've done is gain someone. And yes, you might have targeted them, but you've gained someone with a general interest in what you do they will still come with all the kind of um 
assumptions and stereotypes that comes with tradespeople at that point. You haven't convinced them otherwise. All you've done is tweak their interest. So maybe they, you know, they love bookcases or they love handmade chairs or furniture. But at that point, all they are is slightly interested in you, but they still carry all the assumptions of your trade. That's that's a really good point because there is a lot of skepticism out there. So a lot of potential customers do almost have the attitude, go on then, prove it. Yeah. Prove it to me. Pro- prove to me why you are... Uh, an honest, reliable tradesperson, because I've been stung before, and they're almost almost daring you to see what your follow-up's like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, easy example. We've got a database of 2,000 people. I cherry-picked some last week to email and say... Let's see if we can mute Andy whilst he blows his nose. Um, I cherry-picked some to say, are you still interested in sorting your marketing out, essentially? And... What actually happened there is I'm completely lost my trail of thought watching you blow your nose. You've done this to me about five times on this podcast. Sorry. It's it's a miracle I'm here, Joel. You're doing so well. So, yeah, email these people, and then some of them came back with a negative response. If I say yes, you're going to try and tell me something. If I say no, I'll never hear from you ever again. And that wasn't true. So one of the aggressive responses that was pretty much what I just described, I went back and said, no, what I'm actually doing is looking at our database to make sure we're providing value because we put out a lot of free content and we don't want to waste our time creating content people don't need. Nice. He came back. That's amazing. Actually, I've read your book and found it really insightful. I just don't like the hard sell. I was no trouble staying in touch. If you ever have any questions on the book, give me a buzz. Oh, we could do a whole podcast on the hard sell, couldn't we? What what's a hard sell? What isn't? Yeah, I mean, I remember describing one of the places I'd worked at to to one of the girls here, uh, and she couldn't believe it. To be honest, I'm not even sure this company would would be allowed to operate. But proper hard selling, click your finger hard sell. Oh, proper click the finger, get the shop floor manager over. It's a lot different to saying, if you'd like to buy my stuff, please click here. I know some people think that's that's oh, you're selling to me. Yeah. It's like, well, you've been receiving our free content for fucking 18 months. Oh, yeah. God forbid I, I do try and sell you something. And and you'll probably see, to be honest, a, a lot in the information game now, a lot of companies being upfront about it. I'm going to send you stuff free of charge. So don't be surprised if I drop the odd sell in there. And they're almost preempting yeah. the, 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 the skeptics and the moaners. And, and if you're uh, any good at your sales call technique, so if you are sales and you've got this pile of leads, the first thing you should say on that sales call is, at the end of this call, I'm going to try and sell you something. Is that okay? If they say no, you've saved yourself half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, Ask it, asking the question. Not enough, not enough salespeople do that, to be honest. They're just too busy talking at you. Yeah, I just wondered if you want some more information about... No, I fucking didn't. I'm busy. I bought a bought a car uh, this week, and Get just, you. just just another reminder: if you want to learn about sales, going to a good dealership, and I do mean good because obviously there are cowboys just like there are cowboys in in any trade. They know their lines. What they, trick? What trick did he put on you? Literally been trained. Oh, even I mean, so when I got in the car at the end, so the deal had been done, uh, you know, and he was show, he was connecting my phone for me, all the stuff that like. I could have figured out in a few minutes, but just sake of ease, he did it for me. Brilliant. 
And then his line was something like, oh, you'll shortly be receiving an email to uh, ask, asking for a review about you know, the excellent service I've been giving you, Andy. And it was like, yeah, you said that before, haven't you, George? And just these little lines, you know they're rehearsed um, and, and they're tried and tested and they worked. Almost to the point where, you know, you know um, most businesses will try and do an upsell. And upsells are great, obviously. Um, in the car game, it's one of them because they want to make their money on the monthlies, mm. like various bloody insurances and shit. And so gap insurance, no, no, not interested in that. And there, I think there was tyre and alloy insurance, no, not interested in that. I'll just park annoyingly a mile from the curb I'll park um, across two spaces oh yes yeah 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 no I haven't got an Audi and um, he was um, he was talking about this uh, he started talking about this stain protection stuff and it's like it was paintwork first of all but also stain protection and he had a little demonstration thing where you drop some water on a piece of fabric and it would just sit there rather than soak in uh, but he, he went into a spiel about this this protection I was like uh, I'll stop you there George honestly I'm, I'm not really interested without really knowing what he was offering and whether he detected that in, in the tone of my voice or whatever. But I said, oh, George, no, honestly, stop it. I'm, I'm not really interested. He just carried on, not rudely, but almost like, I was like, did, did, did he hear me? Did he hear me say to stop? But by the time I thought about it, he, he was, you know, again, he, he's halfway through his spiel. And being British and polite, I was like, oh, right, well, I'm sure, I'm sure he wasn't being rude. I carried on. And I ended up buying it because it's a really cool product. It was like 12 good a month. So I bought it, but I was like, so many businesses, someone raised an objection straight away. Oh, okay, no, no worries. Now, I'm not saying what's right and wrong, but sometimes there's, there's selling and there's hard selling and sometimes there's just asking the question. And That's where their margins are. Oh, absolutely. You know, they've probably got quite tight margins on a, on, on a car at the moment in the current market. But if they can sell you something that costs them five, six quid to apply to the fabric of the vehicle and you're willing to pay them £12 a month for three years... That's his commission, isn't it? It's yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this the place I was referring to earlier. This is horrible magazine sales business. Um, I was selling for. I think I lasted about six months. There were people purely employed to sell to people who've just bought. Yeah. So most people on the shop floor were selling ad space in this magazine. As soon as we'd close someone, and and I mean properly closed. They had to sign a fa- they had to sign a fax and send it straight back whilst we had them on the phone. As soon as that fax came back, there were people who were specifically paid to call that person the next day, the next day to upsell them because they figured they they were ripe for spending Would more you money. Like some paid copywriting yeah. on the left hand side of the page. You were already advertised uh, on the right hand yeah, side. A, a name on the the spine of the magazine to have it there. So when the magazines are stacked up on someone's like magazine shelf, you know, be your name on the side. All this kind of shit. Um, and, and I laughed at first, but then, of course, the, whilst I, I stayed there longer and longer, realised they do this because it works. Yeah. And that's why sometimes you get a hard seller on the phone and they're doing it because it works. It's just a numbers game, unfortunately. Yeah, so, I mean, t- a tip if you're a service business, so accountants, solicitors, um, anyone that does professional services so hr trainers all that kind of thing the best time for us to ask for a testimonial is after the first meeting um, because that's when they're warm and excited and you know after meeting two or three they're starting to get used to what you offer and almost taking it for granted it'd be like if you went on a two-week holiday to the maldives by day 13 although you're in the most beautiful place in the world you're starting to feel normal 
So the best thing a hotel in the Maldives could do is to ask you to review them on day two or mm. day three. Mm. And you have to take that approach to your business and you also have to take that approach to your lead. A lead is at its warmest when it joins your funnel. So what do they get in that first 24 hours that makes them think, oh, you're not the usual carpenter and joiner. And then what do they get a couple of days later to remind them that you're not the usual carpenter and joiner. And then what's- Turn water into wine. Yeah, <laughs> can walk on water. The fish goes a long way, yeah. Are you thinking back to Sunday school now or did you never have that joy? Um, I didn't have Sunday school. I had summer school, which was a similar sort of thing. When when school was like the local church seemed to, it felt like we played a lot with parachutes and sang hymns. Does that parachutes? You know, like when all the kids stand around a parachute and shake it, and then one kid runs underneath to collect something. You ever seen that? No, no, I don't. It's all mess. It was like shit maypole, I suppose. Our band at school, our first gig was at a church camp. What was your band called? The Rabid Lemmings. Rabid as in rabid. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, but pronounced properly. Rabid? <laughs> yeah. Like a rabid dog. So, I mean, probably shouldn't mention this name on the podcast, but Chris Benoit was definitely called the rabid wolverine, not the rabid wolverine. They're Americans. They don't speak the Queen's English. He's Canadian. No, not the same thing. Oh, sorry to our Canadian listeners. That's, that's probably blasphemy, isn't it? Uh, the Rabid Lemmings. Um, so they were playing at a church camp. I remember, I remember it was yesterday, the vicar stood at the back looking really shocked because Mark Leach, um, our keyboard player, had a T-shirt said, uh, never mind the bollocks, here's my sex pistol, with an arrow pointing down. Not appropriate work, uh, not workwear for a church camp. They were more upset that you couldn't pronounce rabid. That's what <laughs> I heard. Because I've never heard rabid before. In, Serious? Yeah. Must have heard the rabid lemmings, though. Uh, well, I call them the rabid lemmings. I, th I think I've still got their cassette. <laughs> so. our, our mixtape. Yeah, we did one EP called Shea Genghis. How, was a... how how rabid can a lemming be? That's the joke, obviously. But yeah, well, it was going to be. Actually, I won't. No, I won't tell that story. Do you I mean, <laughs> do you remember when everyone used to think lemmings committed mass suicide? Do you remember that thing? I didn't realise it was mass suicide, but they do jump off cliffs, don't they? I don't think they do, but oh. people thought they did. I think oh, it's okay. like an well, urban myth. Well, we would have probably totally changed our band name then. Didn't matter, we never made it. <laughs> Ray Beard, guinea pigs. <laughs> right, what are we talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, no your trip. pronunciation no of trip. rabid. Mm. Um, Sales. I never hard, thought I never sell. thought I'd get Chris Benoit on a mm. podcast. For for listeners, Chris Benoit's a wrestler that murdered his family, so I've reached a new low there. Yeah, but, I saw him early night. Uh, uh, yeah, you amazing. saw him yeah. when he first joined WCW. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, live, I mean, I saw um, saw him when he was part of WCW mid nineties. Yeah, and that was that was pretty much when he was, was breaking when, through. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. I saw him early noughties when he was champ. But in his autopsy, didn't it show that his brain was, like, severely Yeah, bloody? he'd taken way too many chair shots yeah, to the head. And yeah. Yeah. It, what's it it's called? I don't see something. Same issue, footballers that had the ball, oh, American right, yeah, footballers yeah. get. What's that film with them, Will Smith? It's supposed to be really good, isn't it? The true story about the, the guy who basically outed the... The, the facts about concussion. Oh, yeah, I, I, I've watched, it might be called Concussion. Oh, really? I watched yes. that on the plane to America, funnily enough. Really good. Yeah, really, really good. Imagine there's a new Marky Mark film on um, Amazon, isn't there? Infinite? Oh, and that's about... Um, well, it sounds a bit like Live, Die, Tomorrow, Repeat, doesn't it? Oh, is that 
So what, no, no, what's that's, that got to do with concussion? No, that's another new film. That's the guy, Frank, is it Frank Grillo? The guy who's in um, some of the, the Marvel Captain films? America, yeah, yeah, yeah Crossbones. Yeah. He's also in is Warrior, that? which is a film I keep telling you to watch that you refuse to watch. Oh, Tom Hardy playing Tom Hardy. Oh, you have to meet me again. I've got to blow my nose. All right. The quality podcast brought to you by Cobra. Which, I mean, I've probably got to mute myself. I'm back now. I think he's finished blowing his nose. So, yes. So, I guess, what's an, what's an easy way to get this over to the listeners? In terms of, we've used Carpenter and Joiner, but that might not be. Well, what's, 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 what's the latest stat? There's probably a ton of stats on... on google about this about how many touch points there need to be for a prospect to become a customer seven isn't it it's, it's like the game i was gonna say yeah, it sounds close and um, then i know if you've got 100 leads 10 percent of those are probably strong leads and of those 10 percent expect to convert one or two which mm-hmm. falls in line with your 100 visitors to your website one should buy i mean it's just like multiple touch points there's no debate in that i mean when when i worked at pearl and dean and we merged with um prime site the out the outdoor company the, the 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 sales process became rather sort of selling just ad space to a a business. You'd sell outdoor space as well. So the idea was you'd work out routes to the cinema. Mm. And so people want to go to the cinema to see a film. So if they're driving and they see a poster about this product, and then later on another poster, and then in the fore of the cinema, similar poster of that same product, and then they see the the cinema advert on the big screen about that product. Obviously, the sale is going to be much more likely to happen because you've touched the multiple points on the way to the cinema. Yeah. And all we're saying here is that whether all your touch points are via email or whether you've got retargeting going on or various things, it's almost a case of the more the merrier. And, yeah. okay, you can do it wrong. You can spam people. You get your messaging wrong. But generally speaking, you want to take people on that journey. Now, sometimes, I mean, we, we've had it ourselves. We've had people want to come and work with us after receiving or seeing one of our ads signing up to our emails first email bloody hell right i, I like yeah. the cut of their jib as one but that's, said to that's me. and i'm readily admit that's not our marketing skill that's caused that that's because they were ripe for the picking and yeah. we we just happened to hit them at the right yeah. time and it's like um, the the adage about the you know the harder you work the luckier you get that the more you put out there the more likely it is that the, the business will come to you so You've got you've got to get your targeting right first of all. Obviously, that people go into your into your email system or funnel, and then you stay in touch with them. And as long as you're communicating information of interest and relevance and telling a story, at some point, almost like the fates collide and it's the right time. They've got the money, you know, they're in a good mood. Your email arrives, and they're like, "Bloody hell, I'm going to have some of this." Yeah. But so many people, they either don't do it. They don't have a system running this, so all their marketing is done on an ad hoc basis, which means there's no consistency, and consistency brings results. We know that. So to have a system where you can uh, put out multiple touch points to get served to, yeah. to, to targeted people, it, it ain't rocket science. It's so, just maths. So someone who's really good at this. And I hate maths. And uh, I've obviously gone from nowhere to massive in the last 15 years is Greg's. Um, so, bought one, some from Greg's uh, yesterday. Well, vegan sausage roll for the girls. For a start, the fact that Andy goes into Greg's now is. I wore a balaclava. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that he's snobby about his bakers, but he's snobby about his bakers. That's all. Um, that old joke. How do you cause a stampede rush? Drop five p in Greg's. 
horrible, man. I'm the only one laughing. Yeah, sorry. I can't condone that kind of behaviour. So, anyway, they do a really good job of advertising on all the places where people used to advertise. So those kind of like round, I don't even what they're called, those round things you see in town centres. Oh, the pillars. Yeah, Mm. the the pillars. Um, The sliding billboards that you see that are smaller than the giant billboards, but you get them round town as well. Bus stops, they always advertise on bus sites. But some of they do other things on top of that as well. So uh, they advertise on TV. Um, they advertise in their own windows. So very often they have the latest deal. So in the morning you'll see in their windows, especially on their digital displays, about their bacon butty and a hot drink for X Men. But something What's that coffee like. Well, that's something that they've really worked on. So right. them and McDonald's have both realised if you serve good coffee, you can upsell everything else. And obviously, coffee costs bugger all. So. But something they used to get accused of, and I don't know if it's true, but I'm pretty sure it is, is some of their more prominent stores. So before they were everywhere and there was like 10 in every town, they used to pump out the smell of of baking bread right? as a touch point. So you could be at the top of the town and you'd get this lovely smell of baking bread and you would immediately associate it with the nearest baker. Well, guess what? The only baker in town was Greg's. So... you can be smart with your touch points. Like our touch points aren't just the fact that we get someone to sign up to our funnel and then send them loads of emails. We have the podcast goes out every week. We have um, our book that's available in various places. We have other things that go out. So printed newsletter goes out. We reach out to people. We sometimes send stuff in the post different to that. We have branded merchandise. So to the point now that when I go on holiday, the clothes I wore the most was my co-break merch because the chance chances are it, it embeds in someone who goes, oh, I've heard of them or I've listened to their podcast. And a couple of times now, whether whether I feel comfortable with it or not, a few people said, oh, I've listened to your podcast, never met them before. Then, I feel like I know you. And uh, and I had that in Bristol this weekend, just gone. So I said, oh, I feel like I know you. And I was like, well, I'm a lot more offensive in real life. <laughs> but what's our mentor keeps telling us? The more you connect, the more you collect. And that's nurturing connections marketing whatever you want to call You've been it desperate to say that it's line a little bit as almost as much as mother line success is the result of process process yeah it's 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 connected with people is that other line yours or one of our other mentors can i say it's mine right so it's, it's one of our other mentors yeah it's not mine what's your i am going to work on one though because we have been talking about an introductory line haven't we yeah, something that's part of our system that yeah. is very, very clear. But, but, but process, systemization that we've, we've touched on, it's so much easier and ultimately so much more effective if you do have a system running things. If, again, all your marketing is, is out hoc, like, oh, shit, I haven't emailed for a while, and you, you write an email, or shit, I haven't done a podcast for a while, or, oh, God, our ad campaign finished two weeks ago, we should probably get another ad yeah. out there. Because we have businesses call us up, and they're like, Oh, you know, shit's happened. I need to get a Facebook ad out. Right, you know, oh, 50 quid. Can, can you blast a Facebook ad for a day? No. It's like you haven't got that consistency and you haven't got that persistent consistency. Yeah. Or consistent persistence. And, and, which and the risk factor you've got there is nine out of ten times that won't work. So that's a massive thing. It's like, oh, I said I wanted to do this and you didn't tell me not to. So mm. that's a massive risk. And the one time out of ten where it really works, they don't need you anymore. Because they're like, well, I thought of that and it works, so what do I need you for? <laughs> so it's a no-win situation. I'm sure every business has that. It's like the accountant who 
um, files the VAT late and, and puts a time to pay arrangement in. And then the, the customer says, well, I, I told you to do that. So I'm moving yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's safe gone, you know, for, for, for most business owners, their, their business is their livelihood. So you can run the risk and do your marketing ad hoc, um, or you can view it as an investment, which generally means you spend time and a considered amount of money on an ongoing basis. There are people who like take a punt and chuck a load of money at one single investment. It comes off and they're happy days. But most people, when they invest, it's, it's a lifetime's work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's looking at it every day and having usually having an expert do it for you rather than, again, Oh shit, Joel! Haven't done this. Or oh, when, when's the last time we did a printed newsletter? Or what we saw in, in when the first lockdown hits—that everyone will Just remember. Hundreds this. and hundreds of emails. Yeah, who are all these people emailing me? Son, oh right, I remember. I signed up to you like five years ago. Never heard a Dicky so, Bird so, off you, but now suddenly the world's gone to shit. You've realised your business has gone to shit. You suddenly need to start spamming me all a your photocopier. database. Yeah, yeah. So Gary V. He talks about how the world's obsessed with the micro and pays no attention to the macro. So, I mean, he's, at the minute he's talking a lot about crypto and NFT, but he means it with marketing too. So many people are about the instant wins that they're not building their legacy, mm -hmm. they're not building their investment. And so he, he said, I know 97% of NFT projects are going to fail, but it's up to me to put my attention to it now and to learn and to, and to practice the art to invest in the right things so in 20 years time I can buy the jets that's that's his thing but the amount of businesses we work with who want quick early wins but they don't want to build the succession they don't want to build the foundations for for the next three four five ten years and that's that's really tricky as, as a business owner you you probably want to step back and think right are the leads that we're getting into our funnel, are these going to serve me well for the next two or three years? Are the processes we're putting in place to nurture those, are these going to serve me well for the next five to ten years? You know, are, are, am I doing everything in my power to make sure that not only is the business okay today, but it's okay tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And I would say 90% of the business owners we encounter, us included sometimes, are so focused on today that that you lose sight of tomorrow. Rob was talking about this. I didn't watch the full video. He's talking about people say cash is king. He's like, no, no, it's not. Cash flow is king. So cash flow is important. So if you're looking at oh, this month and next month, sometimes, of course, it's hard to you know, I'll worry about a year in, in a year's time. Rather, no, this really is about you get those foundations right and get a, get a system running your marketing and a system running your sales, a system running your accounts, whatever yeah. it is. But when it's all manual, when it's all ad hoc, that's why people drop the ball so often because it gets a bit boring. It's all, you know, how many times has a, a, a business owner said to us, oh, I've got um, Bob in accounts. He's got quite a few followers on the IG. So he's going to do our Instagram. And he's really keen. Oh, okay, well, let Bob run with it. And Bob's really excited for a week. And then two weeks, he's posting every day. And then... Oh, a bit bored or not? don't fancy it, doesn't post one day. Before you know it, no one's posted on your Instagram for like a week. And so it's like you can't attack your marketing with that. It's great to be enthusiastic, but better to have a little enthusiasm stretched over a long amount of time because, again, it comes down to that consistency. And I'd say with the 80-20 rule, 80% of marketing success isn't the knowledge. It's the taking action. It's I know that, say, our videos, I think, are a pretty good standard. They're not the super polished, super edited to the nth degree videos that like some of our competitors put out. But guess what? 
by the time they've done one video, I've done fucking five. Yeah, and we would use super polished videos for a different reason. Yeah, absolutely. If you're doing videos for social media, well. Yeah, I can completely understand if you were filming a documentary, why it would be much more polished. I don't understand if you need to get something out into your audience, why it needs to be. It's not doesn't need to be broadcast quality. This isn't going out on the mm -hmm. BBC. And so anyway, key takeaway tip of the week. What what's your line? Because I think that's the, a good takeaway. You've said it. We've said it a few times in this. But tip of the week. Success is the result of process. No, systemization. That's that's my word of the podcast. Systemize your nurturing. Yeah, and again the. Just get those connections in. Get your advert, get your adverts targeting the right people, of course. But once you've got people into your your system, into your funnel, whatever you want to call it, stay in touch with them. Tell them stories of interest, relevance, and value on a regular basis until they they buy, they refer, or decide actually I don't want to hear from you again, and they unsubscribe. But you know what? If you've done all that and they unsubscribe, they've done you a favour. They're cleaning your database for you because they weren't going to buy for you, and that's okay. Nice. And if no one knows what you're talking about, how do they get in touch to speak to you? <laughs> Codebreak.co.uk. Follow the signs. Awesome. Good to chat, people. See you again.